Hello and welcome to episode 205 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now this is the second part of a three-part Slam Dunk Festival special, which includes interviews for some of the best bands that were playing last weekend at the amazing Slam Dunk. Now hopefully you've come off the back of episode 204, where I had interviews with the bands like Yours Truly, Beartooth and The Wonder Years. Now this episode has three brand new interviews for you, and on this episode I'm joined by the Nova Twins, Han and Jim from The Amazing Hot Milk, and Ben from the headline act, Neck Deep. These interviews are coming up in just a couple of moments' time. I really hope you enjoyed episode 204, and the response so far has been fantastic, so thanks to everyone that listened. Now, on today's episode, as I said, I'm joined by some of the best bands from the weekend. You may have listened to the first episode and know my little story about Slam Dunk, but this was the first time I attended, and to do press there and be involved in this incredible community was a dream come true. And to start things off today, I'm joined by one of the biggest bands out there right now. The adrenaline behind this band, the enthusiasm and just the passion is unbelievable. So here comes my interview with the amazing Nova Twins. Amy, Georgia, thank you for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Oh, thanks Hi. for having us. What I want to do today is for the listeners out there is get an idea of taking it right back to the very start. So talk to me both, maybe Amy first. What was that first album that you remember buying that made you fall in love with music? Fall in love? Oh, I don't really know because I think the first album I bought was probably the Spice Girls. I don't think think it made me fall in love with music, but it certainly uh, gave me the idea of that kind of girl power energy and stuff, but not so much maybe the music, but I loved it. It was was fun as like, I don't know, like a five-year-old or something. Have you got a cooler pick than that, or is it still the Spice Girls? (laughs) (laughs) Um, My one, I've got to say, like, NERDC in sounds. Remember, like... I was probably like 10 when I first heard that and I just listened to it constantly and I was like the sounds in this are sick, the arrangements and I've just never heard production like this done before as a 10 year old. (laughs) And and the thing is about live music is when you listen to a band like the Spice Girls or whoever you listen to, when you go and see that first concert that's when you really realise. Can you remember that first concert you went to that made you go, I want to fucking play music, this is all I want to do? I think when we were younger, we were like playing gigs, like open mic nights and stuff. So I think being in that environment definitely made us want to do it because we were just growing up on the punk scene. We was literally just playing loads of DIY shows. But I would say Beyonce for both of us, like seeing that show, like as like a black woman on stage with just so much power and Destiny's Child, that is something that like, wow. I remember um, we got tickets to see Beyonce and it was like in the heavens but they messed up the tickets and like they gave it to us on the day so they gave us third row tickets oh, as wow. compensation so I saw Beyonce sweat probably on my face and I was like saw Divinity Rocks like her bass player and, and I was just in awe true. I was in awe and since that day I was like I can do this I can play bass <laughs> because our entry was a little bit different the first stuff that we got introduced to was definitely like 
I guess R&B and hip hop because that was what we could see around us and you know but it was phenomenal and what, what an was, entry what was the start. shift then and the change for you guys what was it that made you want to then have that punk element and the bass guitar and guitar and what was it that kind of changed that you went I want to do things differently me personally like I grew up in a musical family so like my parents run like a school of rock summer school that's so amazing I was, so I was like eight years old in that like in bands um, then at like 13 I was on the circuit like hiding under the bar because sometimes they would like kick us out because we were too young to even play in there so we were just constantly like doing gigs on the punk circuit and then Amy I moved to I was from Essex and then I went to London at 16 and just discovered loads of bands like New York Dolls and like MC5 and just fell in love with guitar music in general like just glam rock particularly and then uh, just started venturing out from there really you guys I don't know if you're aware because you're in the actual band but this last 12 months the momentum behind you guys is insane so I see you getting onto these stages then building your way up then suddenly you've signed to Marshall Records, then you're supporting Rage Against the Machine. Is there a moment when you're like, fucking hell, pinch me, because this is not actually happening. This is insane. You could never have predicted it, could you? It has been crazy, like, especially this year. It's the most like touring we've ever done like yeah. consecutively. Like We've been to the States, Europe, France, um, UK tours. Um, so yeah, it's been mental to be able to do our headlines like in all across those places as well, like around the world. That's been like a real like take a step back and like this is incredible. Yeah, I think where we've been also like so busy touring and everything's gone wild because everything's yeah. back open again, isn't it? So everything's just mental. Like we only had a chance to really just think. Hang on a minute, because we're just about to get sleep, so we're just like, we just keep going. We're just like, okay, okay, and whatever happens, we're just going as it comes along. So it's great, and we're loving it, but you know, yeah. And so with a show like Rage Against the Machine, they're one of my most much-loved bands of my time. Like, those riffs by Tom Morello, Zach on vocals. To know you're sharing the stage, are you going there with this intention to kind of win some fans over? To go there and hope that someone that paid to see Rage will go away and go, Nova Twins are fucking awesome, like, I'm going to buy that record. I think we're just there for like a great time, you know, we, we were lucky enough to have supported Prophets of Rage and Tom Morello um, in the past as well, so we're really good friends of them, so we're excited to see them and like to be on the Rage lineup. we was literally like, we gasped when it came through, it was like, what? The, the poster looks cool, doesn't it, with your name on, like, frame that. It's crazy. So yeah, we're just like super excited. I bet you're so excited. Does it seem real? Does it seem like this is not happening or is it just amazing? I, I think we manifested it. Like we always have our like tick list or our hit list. And yeah. we're like, right. When, when we heard that Rage were like coming back, we was like, we have to get that support. Like, and just manifested it like hard. And it's like, you know, and we, we, we always, uh, Tom keeps in contact anyway. So it was, it was just nice that, he, you know, they, he put us on, I guess. So it was just like, ah. <laughs> and being here today, obviously slum, slum dunk. Well, wow. <laughs> I've been talking too long today. Come to slum dunk Everyone's festival. Everyone's a bit fried from the slam dunk night. festival. We've obviously been in a world where we haven't been going to gigs for two years. Yeah. Now the world seems to be getting back to normality. How does it feel, kind of being let off and being able to just go out there and do what you do best? Because it must have been tough for a couple of years. Going, are we ever going to get to go on stage again? No, yeah, literally. Being back at festivals, we were talking to like, the other bands and actually like hugging people again because even we played like Reading and Leeds last year, it was still quite COVID-y yeah. and like you're a bit Masters. cautious, masked, but now it's like, hi, and like everyone's just so like open. We just, when as soon as we got here, we ran into like Cassiette's mosh pit. <laughs> Amy got pushed to the floor and it was fucking hilarious. 
but um, yeah, we've been having so much fun. And have you got much chance to go and see some bands? I know it's all work and you're probably aware yesterday thinking, we better have an early night, we've got to do it all again tomorrow. So today, can you think, let's go and see some cool bands? Yeah, no, we went to see bands yesterday, like we saw Cassie and yep. that's the mosh pit happened. Oh, I saw her. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. What a hell of a show. We love it so much. Uh, we saw Pink Shift yesterday, so much energy. Uh, and we saw Meet Me at the Old today. Um, we saw a bit of someone else yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, loads of great, um, just loads of great energy acts, really. Um, who else do we want to catch? Cancer Bats yesterday with Stevis as well from Fever, and that was oh, amazing. Nice. I'm looking forward to Beartooth and then some 41 to end it all is going to be amazing. During our set. I know, they clash with our set, so I hope you're at ours too. Run across the field. <laughs> and how exciting is it right now knowing your album is only a few weeks away, obviously signing to Marshall Records, that's a cool thing. And just knowing that you know the world is going to get to hear this, that you've put your heart and soul into. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're just so excited to have it out, you know, we love this album and it really got us through lockdown so we hope people take away from it what it gave to us. Yeah, no, we're so, so, so excited, like, literally, we've played it so many times, so for it to actually be out there, for the world to hear it, it's like, it's going to be such a good moment for us and like Georgia said, it, it was something that got us through lockdown and it gave us that strength and like that, that kind of way out, like that focus, so... Um, it's great for it to materialise into to vinyl and to CDs and cassettes and stuff. It's so it's be good. Nice to actually, physically holding. Yeah, it's, it's here. We've got the vinyl now. It came like last week, and it feels and looks so fucking good. So we're like, no one can get vinyl. All bands are like, we need to wait six months for vinyl. It's Telling you, it's a, it's a, yeah, eight months. Fucking eight hell. months. We had to rush the end of our album. There's only one more song to write, luckily, but we had 24 hours to write it because the vinyl time. It was like, otherwise you're gonna mess up all our like dates and everything. So it was like, fuck, we gotta write this song. 24 hours but it came out good I love it what I do on the podcast and you're going to have to agree on this but what I do is I ask for the outro song to be chosen by the guest that's on it doesn't have to be one of your own songs it can be any band that you love I know there's two of you so you're going to have to come into some sort of agreement but what's a song that you both really love that could be the outro song for today's interview I'm putting you on the spot you might have to play like rock paper scissors or toss a coin or something to choose <laughs> um, oh Bite Back by Fever333. We just played this on our DJ set in Malta and it was fucking crazy. Oh, great. You were with we um, loved it. Bring Me the Horizon in Malta. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like, I was so jealous. All my friends were there and I was like, they get the sun, the sea, oh. bands. It was good. It was like a holiday. Yeah. That must have not felt like work. No, we were there 12 hours. We just lived at large for 12 hours and went home. <laughs> but incredible. No, it was amazing. Everybody was like there. Obviously, you weren't. But <laughs> Next year. Next year. But you. No, but it was nice because it felt like a nice little community in Malta. It was a bit Brits and bo abroad at some points, like. But it was fucking great, you know. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Good luck with the album, the headline set. Everyone should fuck off some 41. Come and see you guys. Yes, please. I hope it goes well. <laughs> Yeah.
So there's my interview with the amazing Nova Twins. Now, it was amazing to sit down and talk with Amy and Georgia. And honestly, this band are just going to get bigger and better. I can see them going on to such huge things. And just getting to talk to them and seeing their passion is something that you have to see. And their stage performance is on another level. And that's why they're supporting the likes of Rage Against the Machine and all these amazing festivals. And I hope if you got to see their set at Slam Dunk, you will know it was something that you'll never forget. Up next on today's interview is a returning guest from Mark and Me. I'm joined by Han and Jim from the crazy Hot Milk. One of the bands for me that put on a live show that will stay with you for a long time. There is no other band like this right now for energy on stage. They just, from the moment that they come on stage, have you in the palm of their hand. The energy is something I don't know where they get it from because they just keep working. And they must be one of the hardest working bands on the scene right now. They've just come back from America. As I'm recording this right now, they're back in Europe. And they're not slowing down anytime soon. And they deserve everything that they've got. So here's my interview, which is crazy as always and full of absolute madness with Han and Jim from the amazing Hot Milk. Han and Jim, welcome back to the Mark and Me podcast. Hello. Having you, Mark and Me. What? Having Mark in me. Mark in me. Thanks wow. for having being in me, Mark and Me. Very deep, very quick. Very quickly, deep. deep. I see what, what you did there. <laughs> too deep as a whole. Oh thing. golly. I didn't expect it to escalate like this. Oh, I know. What was that? Five seconds? Not even that. <laughs> my God. Story of my life. Anyway, <laughs> how are you both? Absolutely fucking Shattered. knackered, mate. Yeah. Just come back from America two days ago and I've not slept and I'm ill and I've done drowsy medication by accident and it's all a bit hazy, cloudy right now for me. How are you, Jim? i got hay fever. you got hay fever. But, but we've had a great show, haven't we? Two days of, of fun. Fucking great times. It's great what we're here for. Just a good time, good I'm people. Just, just riding on the actual like euphoria of like people right now. People are getting me through, like Mark. Exactly. And me. And me. In me. Mark wow. In me. That Mark in me is giving me big euphoria. Yeah, big euphoria. Do you know what? I've been following you guys on Instagram of your adventure in America. It looks like you had an absolute fucking blast. <laughs> and every mad. night looked like the best gig of your entire <laughs> career we, so far. We took a big gamble, like, going out there with, like, we've had nothing out there before. No, no real press, like... No, no support shows. No album out. We don't yeah. have an album out. And we were just like, fuck it, let's do a headline tour. And, uh, like, on paper, people are like, that's so we stupid. Told, we got told, like, it's too soon, shouldn't be doing it. And I went, actually, I think it's not, because I see the messages from people. I speak to our people all yeah. the time. Like, I constantly have, like, a close relationship with our fans, because I think it's important to have that relationship. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I think we should fucking do it. And it cost us a lot of money, but we fucking did it. And we actually had, like, the moments and the experiences and the memories and I don't know man it was beautiful it was so nice seeing these people that like kind of started with us yeah like they caught on to our band when we were starting and they'd be messaging us like oh come to the states come to the states we came to the states and they turned up and every show was like wild people that were like I found you last week and I've come and I was like sick mate fucking yeah. well done for coming like I wouldn't <laughs> no innit I fucking loved watching you it was like you were there with me and I was watching and I was like 
you I don't know what it is about you guys, but you must be the most photogenic band I've ever seen. No. You look like shit in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in it. Yeah, I look like an actual is. potato. But in real life, you're like shit, mate. Hence the sunglasses. But <laughs> honestly, every photo you have, if you're just on stage just fucking rocking out with your mic, it looks like one that you'd have in like the Hall of Fame. I don't know how you guys do it. You must have the best photographer in the world, but they every photo you know how many shit photos you just pick in your nose they're all brilliant definitely some of them but i just don't use them because i like i put i'm in control of all the socials all the time because i don't want the label ever to have that or any management or anything because i think it's really important that that's your voice in your in your in your face it's talking to the people isn't it it's we're talking to the people so yeah don't get me wrong i spend a lot of time working out what we're putting on the internet don't worry yeah well, you've got a good good eye for detailing you're picking the right ones because it's making you look fucking thank you thank you very much before you go, talk to me. So you did last night, you've done tonight, well, this afternoon. The crowds are like you're a headline act. To be honest, you must put your heads on, go on out there and think, I hope this goes well. Look yeah. out to that crowd and think, who, fuck me, everyone's here. Who cried yesterday? Oh, I cried all day yesterday. I'm even girling up now. I'm welling up now. Like, Honestly, like... like we put blood, sweat and tears into this band and for it to come off like that yesterday and today, it's just like... Oh my god, like, was it actually worth it? Because it's so hard sometimes. It is, and it, it really, like, we, <laughs> which sounds like a sub story, like, we put everything we have into this band, like, yeah. absolutely everything. And it, it really is, like, oh, it just sounds so lame, but it's so rewarding, like, to, to turn up and be like, oh, people actually give a shit about our stupid ideas, like. Exactly, I mean, a lot of the time, these ideas are just me and Jim that have in a bedroom, you know yeah. what I mean? And, like, you don't have a third person to be like, is this all right? And then we do it and it it works. And it's like, what the fuck? Am I actually good at something? Because I've never really been good at anything in my entire life. And then it's like, oh shit, am I good at this? Like, yeah, I don't know I mean, if I'm good at it, but I'm, I'm something at it. Like, I'm something. We're always like somewhat of a pessimist and we're like, oh. I'm a realist, mate. People, realist. people are going to turn up. It's, it's going to be a bit like, whatever. We'll, we'll get, and then, and then for it, not only people to turn up, but every single person to be like, well up for it. I know, I think that's why I always say match our energy. At the very least, match our energy. I'm going to give you everything. Show me what you've got. Show me, Show what, me you've what you've got. But do you know what? It's working because every night your crowds are reacting. Oh, it make, looks, we make them though. Yeah, yeah, if you went on just like, good evening, we're hot yeah, milk. Um, like this is a, you that's go on me, and go, that's not you. right. No, and it's never going to change, is it? No, never, because no. that's who we are as people. Like, I've always been like my mum, but in a different way. Like My mum's a host, I'm a host, but I'm a host on stage, and I want everyone in that room to have a good time. And if I see like, a group of people not doing like the, the fun thing, I'm like, come on, guys, you know, I fucking love board. your attitude. It's getting get you where board. you deserve where you are right now, because you just do not fucking stop, no, and you stop. give it everything. Never stop, give it 100%. Like, I was sick as fuck before, and I was like, I fucking was like, I'm going on. But sick, it's, sicker when I came off stage. I was, like, we've we've always had the ethos of like, if you're not doing it, someone else is doing it. Yeah. So like, just keep There's moving. Waiting for your spot every fucking. One hundred percent. And like, that's the thing. People have given us opportunities, so don't squander them. Take don't them and run with them. Exactly. Like. Don't get me wrong. There's defo days where we're like, oh my god, what do we want to do this anymore? What the fuck? Because you have low days in everything that you. Today do. you're ill as fuck. Yeah. You know we're jet lagged, but, but you're still doing there Mark is, and me. Our <laughs> fans are waiting. Look, they are waiting, <laughs> but you're here and you're not turning it down. But yeah, but like. He said, do you, want to, do you want to cancel press? And I was like, no. No, it's, it's just like, like, it's not good enough. Like, you've got to, you've just got to give you everything. Like, there are so many other people that want to do what you're doing. And like, the fact that we can do it, like, we have to, we have to, we have to do it. I don't know what else I would do now. I think if I didn't have this band, I just literally would have no reason to exist on this planet anymore. Yeah, I'd be like, flicking yeah, taking a fish out your of water. head. Flicking my head. You re- 
now. <laughs> I fucking love you, really, too. You're really <laughs> I'm just going to walk away. Sing a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sick of us. I am sick of I us. I am going to let you guys recover. Go and do signings for hours. I'm going to get a quick photo of you, but thank you for coming back. Thank, thank you, you so for having much us. For having us. And Mark. hopefully, by, by back, be back in Mark. <laughs> be back in Mark soon. <laughs> yeah. So there's my interview with me and Han and Jim from the amazing Hot Milk. And I did tell you they're absolutely crazy. I don't know where they get their energy from, but there's no stopping them. And I can't wait just to see how far this band go. I think, seriously, they're future headliners and I can't wait to see it. Now we're on to the final act. And this is the headliner from the Slam Dunk Festival. And it's a great one. Ben from Neck Deep. A band I've loved for many years, and this band deserved this headline slot more than anyone. They've worked harder. They started right at the bottom, and they've worked their way up. And do you know what? They are just the nicest people to meet. And I think Ben's interview goes very deep. And for the short time we have, we get a lot from it. And I'm very proud of this interview. So here's me and Ben from Neck Deep talking all things music. So, Ben, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cheers. Ben, what i like to do for anyone that's tuning in today is take it back to the very start. Tell cool. me about those first records that you remember buying, maybe with your pocket money or a part-time job, and you went and bought, that made you want to be in a band. Well, a funny story, actually. I was, I was talking about this with my mum. I think me and my brother, who, is, who plays bass in the band, were heavily influenced by my older brother, who is a massive punk. So... I remember him passing CDs like Dookie down to me and stuff like that. I remember him having green hair, painting the house for pocket money and listening to Dookie and me being like, what's this? And him telling me that. But the first record that we ever bought ourselves, it was on holiday. Uh, we went down to like Hastings or Cornwall, I think. And all me and my brother wanted were the red Fred Durst hats. So we got them. <laughs> we got them. Um, and then we were also allowed to buy one CD each. And... Um, I very, very nearly, mind you, I'm probably about six or seven years old at this point. I nearly bought Cisco's album with the thong song on it. Oh my very, God. very nearly, very nearly. But um, my brother said no, he because he was he's a little bit older, so I think he was a bit more advanced into the music. I was probably just like just influenced by them. But he bought some 41 All Killer No Filler, and then told me to get the Newfound Glory self-titled album. And those were the two, the two first CDs we ever bought, um, and yeah. They... See, that's a cool choice. Sometimes I interview bands, and they're like, "I bought the Spice Girls. It wasn't the best. But, <laughs> you know, you've got good stuff there." Well, it was almost that. It was yeah. almost Cisco. Yeah. yeah, it was a nice escape. <laughs> yeah. But what about live bands? So one of my first live bands was Green Day. I saw them in Wolverhampton cool. at the Wolfram Hall. Uh, the moment they played that opening riff to "When I Come Around," the hair stuck on my neck, and I was like, "That's all I ever want to do. That's yeah. all I ever want to do." Can you remember that first gig you went to or what band it was that made you go, this is what you're going to fucking do forever? Um, I Honestly, I think it was, um, again, because I was that bit younger and I was kind of like tugging on the coattails of my brother. It was actually watching his band, his local band, like live band play. 
because I was when he was like 15, 16, I was probably 12, 13 and he was going to see probably saw Green Day on the same tour and like New Found Glory and Blink and stuff but my mum wouldn't let me go probably because tickets were expensive he was going with his friends so the first few proper gigs I went to were just local gigs in Central Station in Wrexham so it was my brother's band who were called This New Day at nice. the time they were a terrible like um, actually yeah they were like a terrible like post-hardcore MySpace band but then he also started a band and that was my first taste of like the recording and writing process because he started a band with the singer of Waster, Sammy. They had a, a really cheesy like electronic MySpace type band called Smile Like Texas. Oh my lord. But we loved it man and like we could totally, you can totally hear the like melodic influence in both Armies and Wasters from that time. Like yeah. it was cheesy but they were really good lyrics and really catchy melodies and I was seeing my brother record and write music for the first time and I would be the little brother that was kind of just hanging around and would do dumb stuff for like a Siggy or something. Like I'd be like 15 and be like, <laughs> I'll let you throw a DVD case at my face for a Sig. And so that made me, I guess, uh, it was acceptable to have me knocking about because I was the entertainment, but I was picking up a lot of a lot of different things musically. So I would definitely say that my brother's early bands, especially seeing them live, um, were some of my like early experiences that made me want to do it too so yeah. and now that you're obviously doing it and we're here today at slam dunk does it feel like this whole weight has been lifted off because for two years you've kind of been locked away not being able to go out and do the stuff that you love best it must feel a bit surreal today with the sun out going fucking hell there's thousands of people and i can do what i want yeah definitely like it definitely feels like uh festivals and just like the music industry is back in full swing um but also just like for us personally like we've got the wind in our sails right now like we've just come off of um we've just come off playing red rocks in colorado we sported black bear out there and just the opportunity to do that straight into slam dunk and with a new song out and stuff and then you know things being back to you know normal yeah um it's just yeah everything because it was such a it was such a hard time I think for everyone in music those the, the couple of years of the pandemic so to just be back and everything back to normal it's kind of yeah it reminds you why you love it reminds you why you um, why you started like because in lockdown you're just questioning everything everything seems pointless you don't know whether to give up because you don't know when it's ever going to be over but now that it's back it's like yeah bit of peace restored and like a bit of faith in ourselves restored does so. it kind of change your mindset a little bit in the way that i'm not saying you would have taken it for granted but it could have been your last ever gig if this had never cooled down are you now like i did it kind of make you reevaluate the importance of playing live definitely definitely i think every band um at any point uh, well at a certain point of success and experience I think it's impossible to not become a little jaded by it, um, especially when you didn't have the context of the pandemic, which takes all of that away from you. Definitely, you know, not you know when you first start, every gig is the best gig ever, and then as you go on, you know, you do more and more gigs. It's you know you can't you might not necessarily top the last one that one gig might not have been great or you might not have been feeling it and it's easy to kind of pull yourself away from it so 100 percent the pandemic totally put that in perspective i was facing the prospect of getting a fucking normal job which i've never had in my fucking life um i started the band just before i left uni uh, left for uni and then in my first six months of uni it blew up so you know i've never known anything different and so for me to have to face up the prospect of like shit i'm gonna have to get a fucking normal job and lose everything that i've worked so hard for and like literally live my fucking dream it was it was 
yeah, it was a depressing thought. So to just even be back, like I remember the, one of the first shows we played back was the download pilot a couple of years ago. And like, you know, it's still definitely under strange circumstances, but like just the catharsis of like being on stage, like the reminder of what that felt like was. I was there for that. And I remember nice. Bullet For My Valentine and nice. Jamie Lemon and people. And the moment, even just like Elvana, Everyone was just grateful for anyone on stage just fucking playing an instrument. It yeah. was surreal. Yeah, it's the same for fans as well. Like, um, Especially at festivals like Download and, and Slam Dunk, which I think uh, do serve a kind of a specific uh, genre, like a scene, uh, yeah. you know, a specific corner of the music industry or the alternative music. Um, every, people at these kind of festivals are very grateful for the, 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 the opportunity to watch live music again. You know, some festivals... Is, more more about the party more about being seen there or whatever or maybe you're only there for a couple of artists but i feel like festivals like this with genuine music lovers turn up because they want to see a band and they want to feel what live music is and like that's shared between bands and fans like it's a two-way street it's always a two-way street like i think when you're on stage you have to be in it with them or you're just you're going to find yourself disconnected you're going to find yourself jaded you know like i was talking about before and I think having that break and coming back to it has has closed that gap again and and definitely made people realize how important it is to be able to do stuff like this, definitely. And when you look at the poster and you see your name up amongst these incredible bands that have been going years, some 41, the Wonder Years, all these amazing bands. Yeah. Do you feel like, fuck me, like I need to pinch myself. Like this is, because you started at the bottom of this and then worked your way up. And now tonight, you know, you're going to take that stage and just hopefully put on the performance of your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild because, you know, we grew up inspired by, like I said, it's one of the first records yeah. I, ever, I ever bought. And, and Wonder Years were definitely a huge early influence because they kind of came along a couple of years before us in the in the sort of uh, the bands, in the crops of bands that sort of come through. Um, and we looked up to them. So to be able to be, you know, playing a huge, huge show as 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 headliners yeah. of that is, is wild and like you say we worked our way up we got we got voted onto this festival as uh, as locals like we won a competition was it like a battle of the band sort of thing sort of it was like a fan voted thing for, for each region because this is back when they did three main dates but then they also did like a smaller Scotland and Wales day and we won the Wales one um, and so yeah we literally had to get voted on the first one so we have gone from like the bottom rung like to, to where we are now um and yeah, that is, it's humbling as well because like, you know, we're, we're aware that we've put a lot of work in, but also like it's down to a lot of people having faith in us as well. Ben Ray having the faith in us to be like, yeah, he's seen us from our smallest to now and he understands the story and the progression. And it's always important to have people on side that like aren't just putting you on because it's a hot ticket or because, you know, they've seen you doing well or you're like, it's because they believe in you and that's why they keep constantly doing it or they, or they at least get you they get where you need to be and especially with Slam Dunk specifically it's very much our sort of our territory in a way not that we're claiming territory of Slam Dunk but, <laughs> no, but I think you've earned you know the right and you've got the respect from people that have seen you you haven't just come in as one hit wonder single and suddenly like, let's stick them on the main stage because mm. you know they've got a billion streams yeah. you've earned your right to be on that stage tonight and I think that's what everyone here thinks yeah, you're thanks. worthy of Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And like, that's something that we're super aware of as well. Is like, we're one of probably a few, like quite a few bands. I think it's more rare than it isn't. Like, um, to have like a really dedicated and long-standing fan base that have just stuck with us and 
um, yeah, who, you know, it might not be a billion streams, but all of the, you know, a couple million that we've got are, are like dedicated fans who have yeah. loved us for years. And like sometimes that sustains you so much more than having like a billion streams on a TikTok song yeah. when you have like a couple million streams on an album um, that isn't just something for people to dance to online. It's like something that people actually care about and they like. And that's what we've always wanted to do, especially lyrically. I've always been drawn to lyrics more than anything else. And, you know, that's why I love the bands that I love. I found I found something that I connected with in the lyrics. And that's something I want the lyrics to be genuine. I want the lyrics to, to make people want to stay and not just be something that people want to, you know, just have a quick bop to. That's great too. Like, it, you know, they have to be able to dance to it. But like, genuinely, if you can give someone if you can exp- like not explain but like quantify how people feel in your lyrics like that is the best feeling of listening to music to me it's like oh my god they just said something that i felt but i don't know how to i've not known how to put into words or to put into an emotion and um that's the best thing about music so that's what we try and do and and, it, and i think that breeds dedicated fans and, and people that will love your music for a long time and if we can do this i was watching some 41 yesterday and you know while i haven't kept up with them i was sat there thinking i love this band and if we're 10 or 15 years down the line and we're doing what they're doing, where they're just playing to a crowd full of their dedicated fans, you know, they're, they're, they're more mature guys now, but they're still making a living just playing shows and having fun and writing music. It's like, it's the best job in the world. And to come back to, you know, being 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 a little jaded or whatever during like uh, beforehand, like it's again another reminder of just like we can do this forever if we if we care enough and we and we and we serve our fans and and the people that support us man your passion is so inspiring i want to stop the interview (laughs) watch a band and cry it's beautiful to listen to man it's so fucking real thank you yeah no I i think it's just because we are quite we've always been like anti we call them cock stars fucking we don't want to be cock stars like we fucking hate those people like it always is so off-putting to like to just see that attitude, and it's and it usually isn't, and it usually sort of tells after time of like those bands generally tend to lose it a little bit because they don't give a shit about what they have, or they're just not aware of how important that is. They get to it's 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 pubis. Yeah, there's a word for that. There you go. Um, I think bands don't realise how transparent it is. I paid tickets to see like a reunion tour, and I've gone like, oh, fucking great, and then they're just going through the motions yeah. there's a thank you for coming thanks we wanted to pay off our fucking debts yeah. see you later and I'm like oh that was Dude, as, totally. a, as a fan it is so obvious yeah but I don't. I think some bands don't give their fans enough credit fans are fucking smart fans yeah. will see through the bullshit if it's there like the details are fucking important like if you're feeling shit you've still got to go out there and put a fucking show on for fans because they're not dumb they'll be able to tell if you don't give a shit or they'll be able to tell if, if, if something isn't genuine or if it's, if it's conceited um, and that matters. That matters to me because I'm. I was one of those fans, you know. I would, <laughs> unfortunately, it was probably quite an annoying fan back in the day. Probably like that's bullshit. That's fucking. I can see straight through that. That's a bit fucking lame. Um, and so, you know, we're we're very aware of that too. And we just try and we're, we're just under no illusions of of what's actually important and letting our egos get the best of us or trying to trying to be cock stars. It's just never going to work for us really because it'll. Our fans love us because I think they see themselves in us a little bit we're just middle of nowhere kids who started a band in a bedroom and it and it blew up and we just know how lucky we are to be in the position that we're in i sure. love how humble you are and how much you appreciate it there's too many dickheads like you said cockstars i've not heard that but that's yeah. now my word of the day yeah, yeah um what i do on this podcast and it's my final question for you today is i try and make it 
as original as I can by asking the guest that's on the episode to choose the outro piece of music. Okay. Now, if you will become a cock star if you choose one of your own. So it can be any <laughs> band, anyone on the scene that you love, any album, any song. But I want to know a song oh, that means hell of a lot to you that when this is all edited, it's the final song that's played after we've spoken. Wow. Oh, man. I've got so many, like... I like sad songs, and I or and I love ender songs too. Like I love outro songs. Like I love listening to songs that sound like outros or that have just a feel to them. And um, one that maybe springs to mind, actually, I'm sure I could pick a million, but one that springs to mind as a great sort of deep cut um, as an outro is "The Brightest Bulb Was Burned Out" by Less Than Jake. Nice. It starts off what as a, a choice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he went there again, but it's because it's genuine. I feel like that's a song about friendship, and it's a song about um, maybe losing someone or something like that. And and also the way sonically it builds, the first half being acoustic and then just exploding into a big, uh, into a, a full-fledged less than Jake song. I love that song. I love that so much. It was one that as a kid I used to sit in the shower and sing along to and just means a lot to me. It's got all the feels of a good ender. So. That's a sterling choice. I was not expo- I wasn't thinking, where's it going to go here? Where's it going to go? And then boom. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, dude. No worries, I can't dude. wait to see your set tonight. It's going to be you. fucking awesome. Thank you, man. So there's my interview with me and Ben from Neck Deep. And I told you just at the start of this interview, we got deep and honestly, the passion, the way he talks... I could listen to this guy talk for hours and I really hope I can get him back on his solo episode for Mark and Me. I would love to sit and have an hour with this guy and just delve deeper because honestly, I was just in awe. The way he talks, the way his passion comes across and his work ethic is just amazing. So Ben, thanks so much for joining me. I really hope you've enjoyed this second part of the special for Slam Dunk Festival and it is only the middle because we have a third part which is coming up very soon and on that episode I'm joined by Silverstein and the headline act for the whole of Slam Dunk, Sum 41 and that interview is just around the corner. Now if you've really enjoyed today's episode all I ask is that you share it. You can go on your own Facebook page and put it as an update. You can go on your Instagram and share it as a story or post it on your own page or if you're on Twitter just retweet the episode. It gets the name of Mark and me out there and honestly costs you guys nothing at home. All the links are available right now on markandme.com and I really appreciate it. And if you've really enjoyed today's episode, I do have a Patreon account. You can sign up for this via markandme.com. The link is on there. And each and every month, you're guaranteed two episodes every week. For signing up, you get a welcome badge. And thanks to the amazing guys at Richer Sounds, you're going to get some exclusive prizes that are just on my Patreon. Honestly, for as little as £1 a month, it goes a huge way. allows me to go out there and record more and more interviews, which means more and more podcasts for you guys at home. If you're new to Mark and Me, there's another 200 episodes sitting there right now for you to delve into with so many different people from so many different walks of life. But we're just around the corner now for part three, and I can't wait to share it with you. So thanks for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Take care of yourself, and I'll speak to you all very soon. That your 20 years have gone by much too fast And you've been hoping this year will be better than the last You said you've been waging a war against the loneliest of nights With the strongest drinks and longest lines It's not that big a surprise that you're feeling more dead than alive You're feeling more dead than alive So I'll let you know if you need 